G'day and welcome to Aussie Vision. I'm Dale. And g'day, I'm Mike. And welcome to our Eurovision weekly episode. Mm-hmm. It's been a bit of a big week and the end of the national final season. Yes, we are not only finishing the national final season, we're also getting into internal selection season with quite a few of them dropping as well. Exactly. So we had two national finals happen this week, a lot of internals, a lot of revamps, but we still have quite a few songs to go. So a bit of a big episode ahead. It certainly is. Now for some of our eagle-eyed listeners out there, you would have seen a very, very familiar face this week in the grand final of Melody Festival and Dale. Uh, let us know how it was to be the Australian spokesperson for the jury. Yeah, well, surprise. Um, <laughs> I think a few people uh, picked up after the fact that we haven't been doing a lot of Melody Festival and content, mm. and there's been a reason for that. Um, I haven't actually said one word about any song or artist the entire season. We've been trying to hide it in plain sight, haven't we? <laughs> yeah, we certainly have. Because, I mean, basically this has been in the works for quite a few weeks, and even before it was really confirmed, we had decided, no, if this happens, you need to be well and truly away from it and and you know give that sort of you know jury the respect it deserves and and go in with the fresh eyes kind of thing that everyone else on that jury will have as well exactly so i think it was before the first heat of the show that was sort of approached but it had to have like confirmation and all this other stuff and just to confirm that i was just one of several jurors mm-hmm. there's a lot of things i can't talk about obviously there are some confidential confidentiality things involved but um yeah once we knew that i've tried not to be too involved with melfest to try not get attached to songs attached to art Artist, you know, you just do as mm. I think Euro fans and doing the fan press stuff we do. So I've tried to take a bit of a step back. Yeah. But I mean, when Tattoo was going off, it was pretty hard to ignore <laughs> it. And it has been very, very difficult not I, to say anything. I've been ignoring people's text messages and Facebook messages that have been asking me about Lorene. So yeah. Yeah. And every week I've just been sort of prattling on about what I've saw, seen on the weekend, hoping nobody notices that Dale's not saying anything. So it's been a bit of an odd experience. But you did actually have to go down to Sydney uh, and be there for the uh, experience. How was all that? Yeah, it was good. So I think, um, I mean, it was very tiring. So there was three, two rehearsals and then the live show. So the first rehearsal was 5.30 in the morning on Saturday. Mm. Um, so down in Sydney. And that was great to get a first rehearsal done because how does this work? Mm. How much delay is going on? You know, I wasn't, I, I felt like it was a good solid seven out of 10, the first run through. <laughs> and then the second rehearsal was 12.30 a.m., on the Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. So you had about an hour of sleep to try and beforehand and then to come back at 6.30 in the morning, just a few hours later to do the full live thing again. So yeah, I was really happy how it went. And it was like, yeah, it was a bit nerve wracking, but it was actually just fun and enjoyable and just like an honor and just yeah. so nice that they've thought of Aussie Vision um, to be recognised in that way. So it's not me, it's Aussie Vision that's being rewarded here. Yeah, and you did look very dapper in your tuxedo jacket, etc. Almost now matching our host uh, Jesper as well. Uh, you didn't say anything inappropriate or <laughs> or stuff up your line. So I have to say, I'm very, very proud of you. Well done. Oh, thanks. That that was the, the main win. Don't say anything wrong. <laughs> and the biggest stress of the week was probably trying to find something to wear. So yeah. it was the velvet blue navy suit. So I was very happy with that. Now, we'll talk a bit more in this in detail. We'll have 
a bonus episode on the Patreon. So I guess we can go through a bit more of the nitty gritty there. Is there anything else you want to share with us? Uh, no, no, not at all. Other than, you know, thank you every, everyone who's reached out. Um, you know, I know a lot of people aren't always fans of Eurovision uh, fan press doing jury things like mm. that. We've tried to treat this as much respect and be as professional about it as, as well. So it has been wonderful to get so many positive things because, yeah, it was kind of a scary experience. So thank you to everybody. And we will talk as much as I'm allowed to talk mm. uh, about things um, in a bonus episode. But there is a lot more to run through. So um, yep. check out that if you can. Good stuff. A real once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. So well done, Dale. Now, it wasn't just about you this morning, Dale. There was actually <laughs> the Melody Festival and Grand Final was on. We did have a winner. Surprise, surprise. Let's have a listen to Lorraine and Tattoo. Well, as I alluded to, Dale, probably not the biggest surprise that Lorraine walked away with the crown. She did win the juries and she did take the tally vote for a very clear win. Uh, what do you think of Tattoo? Well, look, just to talk about Tattoo as a song and the staging, the whole thing, because now I can. Um, <laughs> it is fantastic mm. as an overall package. It really is phenomenal. I think the song is very, very, very good. And the staging is just out of this world. It yep. is so good. That brings it all together. And she is just magnetic. She is so striking. And what I really like about this performance compared to Euphoria, where I do think Euphoria is a stronger song, is that we connect with her. You can't take your eyes off her. So seeing more of her, she was very darkly lit, I think, during Euphoria. I'm loving this. And I think she did a great job. And it was probably more relief in the end, though. She seemed to really appreciate it mm. overall, even though there was... And we'll get to it. Some smoke issues, I think, in the staging today. <laughs> there certainly was. She did survive the sandwich press, thankfully. Um, we didn't need another run-through or anything like that. I will agree. I think perhaps Euphoria is probably the more immediate song for me. But this is still a very, very good song. And she sings it really, really well. And I think that whole staging package, it's going to be like nothing else we see. So it's going to have its unique selling point as well. She was saying that after she won, she could really take it in this time. Like Euphoria, it was all just a blur kind of thing. So I think it meant so much for her to win this again. Yeah, she really just enjoyed every every 12 points she got. The votes from the public, the fan adoration. She really embraced it. And earlier in the season, the way she handled and spoke about that stage invader, like mm. that was so well done. She's yeah. just a phenomenal human being. Mm. Uh, today, I do think the performance having that that smoke issue was massive. Yep. Like there were shots you could not see and they were important shots. And I'm just wondering if that did bring that tally vote down a smidgen because I probably expected a higher tally vote than she actually got, but ultimately she still won super easily. Yeah, you're right. A couple of very important shots and you just couldn't see her. Like it looked yeah. like the place was on fire. Yeah. <laughs> um, which, I mean, obviously you get something you can adjust, etc. And of course, when you're using QPilot, uh, which they do in Sweden, it, it's all automatic. So you can't even the director, I think they can override occasionally, but it's basically, no, it's automatically going to that camera shot. We went there probably two to three times where you just couldn't see anything, but thankfully it all kind of cleared out and, and the rest of the performance went as planned. 
Yeah, it kind of reminds me when you go for a, a smoke break at a Dubai or Doha airport on the way over to Europe. God, yeah. It's about that smoky and hazy where you can't <laughs> see anything. Uh, but look, yeah, fantastic performance. The big talking point now is that rig that they do, that big LED mm. thing is 1.8 tons. When I found that out, I was terrified for her. Oh my God, that gives me anxiety. Totally. But also, that doesn't seem doable in Liverpool, because they've got that up there the entire time for Melfest with 12 acts. With all the other acts of 26, most likely they're going to have to hang something else on the roof, and it may not have the ability to hold that weight. Mm. So we may have a completely different staging, which means I think hold your horses on picking your winner or putting your bets down, because I think we need to see what happens first. Yeah, it was an interesting one. I saw one of the journos there, Ben Robertson, who's a very... Um uh, very knowledgeable about Melfest. He was saying generally it's two minutes plus the postcard to set that up. Now, I know the EBU kind of frown on these kind of things. And to be honest, last year, some of those setups were a bit too long as well. State, Spaceman took forever to set up and then they put it back to back with Australia. So interesting. I'm, I'm really interested to see if they can get this over the line for Liverpool. I also feel like if someone's going to get a low over the line, it could be Lorraine and the Swedes. Yeah, so, um, but I do think 1.8 tons is impossible. Mm. So I think there will at least be some change. But how much of a change? We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, fair enough. I'm going to throw it out there, Dale. Is this a contender? Of course it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> if, if they could have that staging, I'd call it right now, to be honest. Oh, I wow. really believe that this, as it stands right now, if the smoke works, would win. I don't think there's something that can beat it in a jury and a televote. Mm. But I will not be picking anything because I want to know what they're going to do about staging. Mm. Which, I'm, you know. I'm yeah. not so sure. I'm mm. not so sure. I very much think Finland is in the running. I think it's got a massive televote appeal. Just depends if the uh, juries go for it as well. But I guess we'll get to that head-to-head argument uh, yep. later down the, on in down the, the track. Yeah, because I think Cha-Cha-Cha has the wild card. Well, I guess we should move on to our runners-up now, Dale. It was Marcus and Martinus with Air. So why did you and the other jury members kill their dreams? <laughs> 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 well, look, I think across the board, it was a lot of second places mm. um, across all the juries, really, or just a few thirds of what the case was. I mean, this clearly was the next best. They did such a good job, and it was actually great to see them also do very well with the tally vote. Mm. Just a little smidgen under the jury score. And considering they're Norwegians, yes. I think this equals the best result for a f- full international act. Gustav, the guy who knows everything about, um, he does all the Melopedia stuff. Uh, yes, that's Yeah, he was saying, I think since 1987, don't quote me, but sometime in the 80s was someone else who was international who came second. Wow. So that's a great result. I mean, it's Norway, it's next door, right? <laughs> but um, still a great result. This would have, this would have, I thought this was going to be the winner for a long period of time until mm-hmm. um, Lorraine turned up. I agree. Fantastic package, wasn't it? I thought that staging was just stunning. Absolutely stunning. Simple and not over the top. Can't say I really loved the boys' vocals. It kind of felt a bit sort of strained a little bit to me. That's just a personal tasting. But I thought the whole package came together and they were very, very impressive. Yeah, the vocals were good enough. They just needed to <laughs> do the job. The song itself as well isn't like the the greatest song you've ever heard. I actually really quite like the instrumental drop bit. Like, that's mm-hmm. really cool. But it just shows you the power of staging. Mm-hmm. And this is what the Swedes do so well. That effect of the lasers, as you said, is just was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I loved it. And even just their movement, the choreography, just that kind of like the way they were moving around perfect yeah loved it a I, really good job i thought it elevated a pretty good song to an excellent kind of package so yep. yeah really really good all right let's move on to third place there smash into pieces with six feet under this was really really good 
And this isn't normally your type of genre, so why'd you go for it? I've got to say, again, staging-wise, I loved the way they staged it. Those screens that sort of came down, it gave a real modern or you know, technological feel to the whole thing. I thought they dressed them really, really well. They looked like, you know, rock stars, pop stars. So really, really impressed. Not really my kind of cup of tea, as you said, but yeah, I can respect that. That was really, really good. And, and third from the Australian jury. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, look, straight away, overall package was fantastic. I think, again, suiting that genre for Melody Festival, and they fitted that package really well. I loved the staging. I thought it was done so well, and it was also performed really well. The vocal, for what it is, was very good. It didn't miss a beat the whole time. He's not singing out and belting out a note like a big ballad. You know, sometimes people forget about just nailing those type of vocals. It's so important, and mm-hmm. it was done very well. And yeah, interestingly, the first, second, third of Melody Festival Island was the first, second and third of the Australian jury. Yeah, very, very good. Now, we won't go through everybody. We'll pick out a couple here. Let's talk about the other Australian connection in the competition there. Kiana with Where Did You Go? I thought her live performance this morning was probably the best I've seen her do. She really had the vocal under control and I really enjoyed the performance. So really stoked to see her get a, a pretty solid tally vote there. Yeah, she um she's really young. She's like sixteen, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, sixteen. And yeah, again, for those who don't know, she um was born in Australia, moved to Sweden too. Her mother's Australian. Her grandfather and aunties and uncles were visiting over, so she's very connected to to here. So yeah, we definitely wanted to see her do well. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought today's performance was fantastic. It's such a great song. It's I don't know how to put this, but it's like a kind of a slower pop version of Don't You Worry Child by Swedish House Mafia. Oh my God, it the, is too. The beat that goes with it, <laughs> I just kind of reminds me of a few club days back 10 years ago or so. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I love the staging. I think she's got it. Occasionally when it went to her, just maybe just doing her dance, which was really cute and mm. made me kind of really like her was almost as a bit too young and cutesy versus the rest of the song that felt very polished and pop, mm. you know, adult. So you kind of almost had this junior and adult kind of mix at times. And her live today was a lot stronger than the jury show. That's okay. all I'll say. Mm-hmm. All right. Look, one other one I'll pick out, um, and I might leave a couple for you or something like that. But uh, Maria Sur, the Ukrainian singer now based in Sweden, she was probably going in sort of a bit of a chatter that she might do quite well. Unfortunately, he fell a bit flat with the juries there, and I have to say, I kind of agree with it. And like, she was fine, but in a song where you're so exposed, unfortunately, I think it just didn't match up to the quality of some of the others. Yeah, she's all very good, hmm. um, but I don't think there was anything excellent about the performance. I think it had a nice overall kind of package feel. The song itself, some of the lyrics are really, you know, quite basic, hmm. but some are so. Uh, um, from Loren as well, but I don't know, she makes it work. <laughs> and I think there's a difference. Mm. And I think, um, yeah, she, she did a decent job, got a decent tally vote. But I think this overestimation estimation of like, oh, well, she's from Ukraine, therefore she's going to win, was always a little bit off, I felt. Yeah. Um, because I don't think they ram that home too much, which I don't think they should. Let her just be the artist that she is. And I think there's nothing wrong with coming top 10 at Melody Festival and just for being you as a performer. Oh, for sure. They spoke to her in her postcard about it a little bit, which I thought was just enough and then leave it there. And you're right, the the sort of sentiment didn't really come running for her, did it? All right, anyone else you want to mention? I'm going to say one more thing. One point in the televote to Paul Ray. And after he came, was it third in the jury? 
really odd. I, I don't understand why the uh, Swedes really abandoned him on that one. I think previously he's always struggled with the tally vote a little bit. His songs generally are always quite slick, well-done songs that do suit a jury. And then the tally vote, I kind of feel he's always everyone's maybe sixth favorite song mm. that they just don't pick up the phone for or pick up the app for. <laughs> and I think that probably really happened. Plus, he was post Loren. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, obviously, Tios was as well, but Tios had a lot of energy. And again, I think um, Paul Ray did an amazing jury performance. And it is a song that is also a very good jury package, I mm. think. It just has this overall impression. One point, who would have ever seen that coming? Yeah. I don't think it was... Uh, that's surprising. Anyone else you want to mention here from the uh, final lineup? Look, I'll say um, Jun Hondrik um, coming fourth is a really good result for him, mm. which I thought I would not have picked. The tally vote came for him because I really didn't think. I thought this was a very clunky song from the very first time. It was cleaned up a lot, I think, by the time it reached the grand final. But the biggest issue with this is like, who am I looking at? Who's yeah. the star of this show? And they're not quite nailing how to use him. Is he a front man? Is he the side man? Is he a duet? Is he the guy at the back that goes down and does a weird dance at the front? Yeah. But look, good on him for coming fourth because I think he's always come like second, third, fourth, fourth, I think maybe his Mm. record, which is very good. So there's a lot of love for him. Well done to him. Yeah, it felt like the song had a bit more grunt today from Mm. the Heat performance. It felt like there was a bit more sort of music being pumped through the speakers rather than just the vocals. You could have lost the guy with the drums for me. He seemed superfluous. The other two would have just been fine with the dancer. All right, so that's Melody Festival for another year. Bit of chatter, Dale. Probably not the best Melody Festival we've seen over the last month or so. What what do you think about that? Yeah, I do think it certainly got better as it went along. Mm. I did think that first show was probably the weakest. And overall, I do think we got a really good grand final where probably eight of the 12 would normally be in another Melody Festival. I think if you got through, that normally wouldn't make it. Yeah, no, fair enough. I will agree with that. It did seem to finish a lot stronger than it started. Well, that's Melody Festival and over for another year. A very memorable one here at uh, Aussie Vision HQ. Well, following on from Sweden today was Portugal with Festival de Cansal and their grand final. It seemed to just finish quite nicely, Sweden, and lead straight into Portugal. It was very good for all the fans out there. Um, now, you did catch quite a bit of this one. What did you think of this one, Dal? Yeah, look, Portugal's voice is so different. Mm. And by the time we get to the final, like, we've got down through the semis. We're interested. There's always Philomena is a fantastic host. Wonderful. She's just brilliant. Her Babs from Germany and Petra are the holy trinity, <laughs> if you ask me, about female presenters in Europe. So, look, good show. And I, I always love the way it's so like a nice slow burn to finish out. We have this big bang of Melfest that's uh-huh. packaged and tight. And then Portugal just... Take their time and we end with a long show that just eventually gets there. It was slow. I'll give it that. (laughs) No, but they do this every year, don't they? They tend to get through the songs pretty quickly. And then we have this sort of massive show that happens until we get to the voting. So, look, it is what it is. To be honest, I quite enjoyed it. We did have a winner from Portugal and heading to Liverpool will be Mimi Cat with Ai Coração. Well, I have 
to say, Dale, she was one of the big fan favourites. I did see online a lot of people were supporting her this morning. She got 12 from the jury. She got 12 from the tally vote to take it out. What did you think of Mimi Cat? Oh, well, they made the right choice. Mm. They definitely made the right choice. When it was a tie with the jury on 12 points each for her and Edmundo, um, who I thought was very good as well, I was like, oh, please go with Mimi Cat because this is the right package for Eurovision and for Portugal to have a chance. It just is it's bombastic. It's like you're at a kind of a theatre production or something. I don't know, like the Portuguese Moulin Rouge or I don't know. This is something that I think the average punter can hold on to where it's Portuguese, but it's accessible. And because they've done very well in recent years with the English, they're sending something Portuguese again. But I think this is catchy and I think people can follow along and enjoy the song. Yeah, it has an almost sort of old school charm to it, doesn't it? Mm. Without it being sort of weird. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, it's, it's not like a throwback, complete throwback from another era. I have to say, she really impresses me with the vocal. She really hits those notes that she needs to hit. Not so much in the reprise, the poor thing. She was a mess. <laughs> but uh, definitely in the performance, I thought she did it really, really well. I guess I do have a question about mass appeal for Europe. Do you think, I mean, it's old, kind of old school campy. Is that going to be enough? You know, is that for a mass appeal? I'm not sure. I can never tell with the Portuguese songs, to be honest. And I guess also she's in a very, very tough semi-final, first half semi-final one. So a few uh, hurdles for her in Liverpool, one would imagine. Yeah, there will be, I think. It's always going to be a little bit of a struggle, and it always has been for Portugal most years, particularly in Portuguese. Uh, other than winning with the most points of all time. Uh, But I do think this has, I think, at least something for people to want to pick up their phones. Mm -hmm. And I don't think the other songs in contention had that. So I do think this is definitely the right choice. And I must say, I almost had a heart attack when they started doing the televote and they started with one point and they announced something but didn't really catch it. And the scoreboard had a bit of a malfunction and it put the one point next to Mimikat and I thought she was gone. It was awful. But. Yeah, it was a lot of people saw that. There was a little <laughs> uh, scoreboard glitch there, mm. uh, but um, thankfully that was rectified fairly quickly. Well, speaking of some of the other contenders there, Dal, it was Edmundo Ignacio that came in second. What do you think of this? We, this caught our eye in the semi-final, didn't it? Yeah, I really like this. I think this is very, very what we expect to see in Portugal and Festival de Cancel. And I think this would have been a very good song and entry to send and represent Portugal and their music industry. As a competitive song, I think it would have struggled quite severely. Mm. Um, So I think I really appreciate it. I really like it. I think a lot of people do. But I'm glad to see it not win, even though I did particularly like it myself. Yeah, it was a nice performance, wasn't it? Nice piece of music. So very, very Portuguese. Uh, Claudia Pascal uh, rounded out the top three. Can't say I'm too surprised with that. Bit of an odd song, but uh, it had its fans. Yeah, I mean, other than that, top two, it really dropped away and there was a big mix between the jury and televote because when she got four on the televote, I was like, well, she's going to finish low down the scoreboard. She finished third Ooh. because yeah. it's like between like tw- uh, 12 points down to seven points, which is like third to eighth. There's only like five points in it. So Ooh. it was quite tight there. But um, yeah, good honor to coming back. It, it was fine. It was just a bit too repetitive and didn't have enough. Fair enough. Televote was a bit odd, wasn't it? There was a couple of songs there that didn't get a jury vote uh, when when the conversion happened, and they ended up getting eight points and seven points from the televote. So that was, you know, de punk sportive. And one of your favourites today, Voodoo Marmalade. 
Yeah, exactly. Like, Voodoo Marmalade is was truly my favorite song. I thought Mimi Cat was the one to go. But I love Voodoo Marmalade. I just thought it was so great. This is really f- interesting fusion of Portuguese folk ukulele kind of sound with, like, almost a swing, um, scarish element to it and what they do. Just, yeah, just a touch of it. And it was just fun and infectious. I really enjoyed it. And when it was getting zero in the, I mean, it was getting a few points, but then they do it 12 down to one and then zero, zero. I was like, this is awful. My favorite song is going to get zero. And then as we got to fourth place, I'm like, there's no way it's going to get seven. And it did. Mm. Now, the punk sportif, I am confused about that getting eight points. But anyway, Portugal, you do you. Exactly. And they (laughs) always do. Now, anyone else there on the list there that caught your eye you want to talk about? No. (laughs) I'm kind of a bit that way as well. We think we've talked about everybody that caught the eye this morning. But another excellent festival, the Cansal from Portugal. It's not everybody's cup of tea, but I have to say, the longer I've watched it, the more I appreciate it. Exactly. Well, as we mentioned at the top of Showdale, it was sort of internal selection week with a few of those coming out. And the first one we want to talk about is possibly the most anticipated song in the 70-year history of the Eurovision Song Contest, Dale. Let's have a listen to The United Kingdom, May Muller, and I Wrote a Song. you think of Rena? I'm oh, sorry, May's uh, I wrote a song. <laughs> well, just first of all, the 70-year thing. Look, it's a little in-joke on Twitter for those who don't get it. It's yes. not really the most anticipated. I couldn't help myself. Yeah, exactly. And look, let's just talk about this as well, because first of all, start off a massive big sort of campaign to get a lot of chatter happening, a lot of female artists in the running, releasing music. I don't think that was accidental. Mm. And so it was a really big sort of campaign to bring that chatter up. I do think in one way, that was good in one way it was like oh okay we want to give this the most oomph it could possibly have and a lot of people were like oh I'm I'm disappointed it's not Rina Sawayama or mm. I'm disappointed it's not X person which I think is a shame because this is great mm. this is fantastic I am really kind of surprised um, that they've come out with something that I think really does again represent the UK music industry this female pop I don't think maybe it's 2023. I think it might be a bit more 2020, 2021, but it's catchy. I think it's really good. And I think she's, she's got something about her. And I think there's a lot that they can do with this. And what also, what an amazing music video. That is world-class. Yeah. Very, very good. I'm going to agree. I'm obsessed with this. I am absolutely obsessed. Probably took me about three listens and then I was on board and, and I just haven't stopped playing it since. And for me, the reason I love it so much also is it sounds like a song from the UK. Like we've been saying for years, why are you sending some Scandinavian written dirge? Send something that sounds like you and they've done it. Now, to me, this is probably more sort of new rules era Dua Lipa, mm-hmm, which is probably mm-hmm. 2017 sort of thing. So we're a little bit behind the times, but at, hey, we're getting there. And I don't think that really matters so much at Eurovision. Yeah. It's going to be a sound that's very, very familiar to people. It is catchy. It's got hooks. 
I think this is a terrific decision from TAP and BBC to bring her on board. Yeah, exactly. And I think even the first list, I mean, my first listen, I was like, oh, I, I don't know how to make, what to make of that. And I do think there was the build-up thing as well and this expectation. And once you just took that, and it always is sometimes, so that we have this with Australia every time. Mm-hmm. We look with a fine tooth comb the first time and then the second or third, it's like, okay, I'm enjoying as a normal person now. And I just think there's a lot that can work with it. I think the spoken word comes in at the right time, just as it's getting a bit too repetitive Mm -hmm. and it brings the Britishness in there, like lean into that accent, you know, give us that. That's what we want. And then it comes home quite well as well. So I don't think we're onto a winner here, Mm. but I think we're onto a potential solid good top 10. And Imagine if this had come out two years ago. The Brits would be losing their mind. Mm. And remember, not everyone went mad for Sam Ryder last year too. So I think this has almost more immediate pop appeal than mm. Sam Ryder's song last year. Oh, for sure. You could definitely hear this on the radio. I'm going to say with the spoken word bridge part of it, it has kind of polarised people somewhat. Maybe that's a bit of cultural cringe from the UK people themselves. I personally love it. You're right. I love the accent. And it's going to give her a chance to really connect with the audience and the camera and give that sass and all that sort of stuff. I really like how she comes across as a person and as a performer. I'm really impressed. And if there was one thing that Sam Ryder absolutely knocked out of the park last year was he was a fantastic ambassador. So I'm thinking I'm getting the same sort of vibe from her. Taking it seriously, loving Eurovision, great ambassador, home Eurovision. There's just so many ticking the boxes. This is the path. Mm. You don't have to go up, 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 because the only way to go up from last year is to win, and I don't think this is a winner. Mm. Even a a slight drop is not going to be a problem because it's a mile better than what UK have been doing, and it's about the direction. Mm. The direction is right, so this is fantastic. I'm excited for the UK. I'm really excited too, and I think it's got some really good staging potential as well. You don't have to reinvent the wheel with this one. Some good choreography, some, some good theme in there, and I think you could knock this out of the park for sure. We will talk about this much more in our Review and Rank series coming up soon. Very much so. Well, earlier in the week, there was a highly anticipated song out of Austria. Now, before we start talking about this one, let's have a listen. This is Taya and Selena with Who the Hell is Edgar? Didn't this one make quite the splash, though? It did. And can I just say, I love events. I love when everyone stops for something and everyone in the Eurovision fandom, particularly on Twitter, stopped for this. I was walking home from work and I knew it was coming up. I was running out of time. I pulled into a pub. I got I sat down with a pint, put my headphones on, and enjoyed the experience. And what an experience it was! I probably, I probably needed a stiff drink the first time I heard it. To be honest, everyone will remember where they were when they first heard it. Look, I think this is this is a lot more clever than on first kind of um, appeal. Listen, because it comes across super novelty. It's about a song about Edgar Allan Poe. There's a lot of poop, poop, poop going on. The music video is kind of crazy. It's awesome. But this is actually a really good um, kind of look 
and a critique of current um, day music industry and how artists are treated. Mm. And it's, it's, it's very clever in, in the way it's done. I mean, it was put together at a songwriting camp, which I think is a little ironic. Oh, but wow. <laughs> yeah, it's um, at the same time, I think it's a clever little song. Yeah, I agree. There's a little bit more to this than on first listen because on first listen, I was rolling my eyes so far in the back of my head going, people are just going to just go crazy for this and probably not in a good way. There is. There's a little message behind this song, which, you know, if you take time to listen to it, and I hope some of the mass audience does get it, or at least the commentators can help them get it, it's obviously catchy, ridiculously catchy. You are going to hear that once and just walk away going, Pope, 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 <laughs> for about the next five days. So awful. Um, and I have heard them sing a snippet of this live, and the girls can really, really sing it. So I'm hopeful that. When this does hit the stage in Liverpool, it comes across with its full potential. Yeah, I'm very concerned. Mm. <laughs> I'm very concerned. I get very concerned about wordy songs. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a very wordy song. Particularly, it starts with that, and then you have a lot of parts where they're singing together in wordy parts. So this, and it's frenetic mm. in its energy for a lot of it as well. So for them, I'm not doubting their ability to sing, and that's not the problem here. It's about can you both sing at the same time well performing it all together in this freneticness and get it right and make it still slick because when you're novelty-ish because that's how the average viewer is going to see it at Eurovision not people looking at the you know take on Spotify and everything and TikTok you need to get it right you still need to be slick when you do novelty stuff or perceived novelty stuff yeah totally agree I think if they can keep it tight and pretty much stick to almost the studio kind of version this could come across really well it could also unravel pretty quickly as well i think yeah i'm not sure how the staging is going to go obviously we've got a very very humorous kind of video um hopefully the the, the ladies can stay away from the mustaches and suits or something uh who knows but um look i think it's a lot of fun i don't normally like this kind of stuff but my god it kind of works for me Oh, I'm, they can go the suits and mustaches. That's not a problem at all. Don't be silly. But I do think the point about the music video is very important because there's a, a lot that comes with the enjoyment is the music video. Mm-hmm. And we've seen songs that have fantastic mu- music videos fall apart at Eurovision, maybe more serious stuff. And without that narrative that mm-hmm. the vid- music video is giving you. Dance Alone 2017. Um Belgium 2018 yeah you know there's I mean there's a million examples of this but also there's so much narrative in this music video that they're gonna have to find a way to get around it but ultimately might just be enough like they might not need they could be a mess and that could just be enough in a televote right yeah that's true it is an all televote semi-final isn't it well, no matter what happens in Liverpool, Dale, we have this one forever and a day. So I think everyone's really, really looking forward to seeing how this one turns out. And I'm really looking forward to a review and rank episode on this one. I am intrigued about what's going to happen there. Well, released on the same day in Europe, Dale, was also the entry out of Israel. This is Noah Carell with Unicorn. I'm gonna stand in like a unicorn Out here on my own I got the power of a unicorn Don't you ever learn That I won't back I won't Well, she is one of the biggest pop stars in Israel, so there was a lot of expectation around this one, Dale. 
What's your thoughts on Unicorn? I haven't really settled <laughs> on my thoughts on this, to be honest, because there's a lot going on. And I don't think it's really been put together right. And it really surprises me because she was the first one announced, what, back in July? Yeah. And they've got to this stage and it still feels like it's about four different songs. And sometimes I like that. Like you, we've talked about with Voyager, the progression through different parts of that song, but that's cohesive. Mm. This, I like all the parts of this song. I'm just not sure if I like them all together. And I do think there's some really good parts, like particularly the ending's fantastic. It's really strong and it finishes very well. And I think she will come across well. She can obviously sing. But when she's singing very seriously and singing Peril of the Unicorn, I just think it sounds kind of ridiculous. Mm. The lyrics just say, and if you're going to be be ridiculous, but then don't have these serious kind of chorus sounding bits. I don't know. I'm just a bit... Uh, discombobulated by it all. I'm exactly the same, to be honest. There's so many parts of this I like, but there's stuff that I just cringe as well. So I haven't really settled on, and it doesn't, I guess, need to be a binary choice. You don't have to love it or hate it. You can kind of somewhere be in the middle, and I think that's where I am at the moment. There are some elements I really, really enjoy here. Her vocal moments when she comes into that, you know, I'm standing here like a unicorn, (laughs) stupid lyric. She's going to belt that out. If she can belt that out, that's going to be incredibly impressive. But then you've got other things like the phenomenal or whatever. What? Don't make up words. That just sounds weird. And it's just kind of thrown in there for a little bit. And then we go straight into the... It's so strange. Really, really odd. Now, as I say, I think she'll be able to pull this off. I think she is a very experienced performer and very, very good. But I think she's got a bit of work to do. There's mm. there's a lot going on in this song, and I think she's going to have to do a lot, especially that dance break at the end as well, to finish off, which might be good. Might have a sort of Effendi effect. Remember with her uh, Matahari, it yeah. just went into sort of some crazy kind of fire and everything at the end. So I've got a big finish, I can imagine, coming up. Yeah, look, I do think this will still be something great and a feast for the eyes um, and some great parts of it. So I do still think it'll, it'll, it could do reasonably well. I just think potentially with an artist like that, I think imagine if, if I was from Israel, I'd probably be a little bit disappointed because you probably could have had an artist like that come up with a top five type song. I don't think this is that type of entry. It's mm. just a bit too messy. It's a bit of an overreach for me. Maybe it's yeah. almost like a Coco Chanel thing. Take off one thing. You didn't Three, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, ultimately, as I say, there's so much of it I actually really, really like. Looking forward to seeing this one live. And I just don't know what a power of a unicorn is. It's a mythical creature. Yeah. It doesn't exist. And if you're going to be a centaur animal like she is, she's half unicorn, mm. half woman, they didn't even have a horn. Oh, that's right. She was they didn't just even the... have a horn. Oh, my God. Like, if you're going to do it, do it right. Mm. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> Well, one of our other internal selections that dropped during the week was out of Switzerland, Dale. Let's have a listen to Remo Ferrer with Watergum. We go. I don't want to be a soldier, soldier. I don't want to have to play with real blood. We ain't playing now. Can turn around. No water guns. No, no. I don't want to be a soldier, soldier. I don't want to have to play with real blood. Okay, so one of the rare kind of male ballads this year, Dale, out of Switzerland. What do you reckon of this one? 
Yeah, we had a few male ballads last year, actually. Mm. And I think there's a consistency here with Switzerland where they have put together very well-produced music over the last few years, and they have really improved where they were. I just don't think they've really kind of picked up that this is not probably a song maybe to send this year. Number one, I just don't think... I don't really see the televote appeal of this. Like, if we were still in our 50-50 mode, a bit of last year, I could see a lot of jury appeal for this, but a real struggle with the televote. Mm. And let's be honest, I just think it's a really questionable theme. Whether or not we're taking this as a literal reference to war and to body bags and to blood, or it is a metaphor... I just don't think it's appropriate because this is Switzerland, the neutral country, nothing to do with a war in Ukraine because, you know, if we're talking about war, let's face it, there's the link. I just don't think it's their place to do it. And I think it's actually, the particularly the words body bag, I find really in poor taste. Hmm. I'm a little uncomfortable with it lyrically. And you're right. I mean, if you're going to do metaphor, which, you know, obviously I think they're going for here, Well, you've got to consider the outside context and what lens people will see this through because I don't think they're going to get the metaphor. I think they're going to take it quite literally. Now, going back to the song, I think musically, it's excellent. I love it musically. You have that beautiful, soft sort of piano opening and it builds throughout. Again, production, fantastic. Well done, Switzerland. Lovely produced piece of music. But then we hit the lyrics and that's where I'm sort of kind of cringing. and, And you're right, Switzerland singing about war... It's the most neutral country in the world, isn't it? Like, yeah. they haven't had a war for 500 years. <laughs> like, even your average viewer is going to go, oh, Switzerland, oh, a war song, aren't they neutral? Like, mm. you've got to disconnect there straight away. So I can see, I think, where they were going with it, and I don't think they mean to be sort of clumsy with it, but it just feels a little bit ham-fisted, unfortunately, and not done with the deft touch that it kind of needed. I a hundred percent agree, and also just kind of coming back to kind of my original point, not just about male ballads last year. I just think this is something from the contest a few years ago. I just I think we've moved on from a little bit of this stuff. I think it was almost proven with a lot of the votes we've seen over the last couple of years, particularly from the public. Mm. So I just find it a very odd choice to go in that direction again for Switzerland. I thought they would maybe consider doing something different. Yeah, no, I kind of agree. I have to say, too, he sounds like he's got a lovely vocal. Mm. He, he has one, the voice Switzerland, so I have no doubt that he'll be able to sing. It's just about the package and where it sits for me because it's not sitting very well at the moment. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, look, you know, it is what it is, mm. and I'm sure they'll do a very good and slick job, but, you know, I think this is going to end up being a bit of a forgettable song and the only thing that'll be remembered potentially is the stuff that isn't maybe the nicest. Yeah, and you're right. All Televote semi-final? Mm, don't know if I'd be sending this one. Well, also, Dale, throughout the week, it was almost like revamp week. We tended to get quite a few drop through, so we'll just quickly comment on a couple of them. One that caught my eye was Ireland. What did you think of the revamp and their new video? Let's start with the revamp first. Mm. I think it gives some um, moments there to work because I think the problem with the song before was all... 
it was this medium anthemic song that kind of stayed at the same pace. It kind of plateaued the whole way. Mm-hmm. It's giving a few this little instrumental bit that almost has a U2 sound. Yeah, it's a little the bit guitar of, riff thing. Yeah. I thought, very clever. Sounds very Irish. It does. People go, oh, that sounds like U2. That sounds mm. a bit Irish. Mm. That's what you want. Yep. It's like, we, you know, we're dealing with some basic people here. <laughs> Sorry, casual fans. And then, <laughs> um, but then also the end, I feel like gives it some moments to finish on because it's got a bridge that just kind of finishes with a very quick bit of the chorus and ends and it makes more of that it makes it feel like something that mm. could be kind of anthemic yeah I agree with that I, I don't mind what they did with it musically you can't really reinvent the wheel with this one um, it was a fairly kind of you know basic consistent song so yeah they kind of tarted it up in little areas and given a little, little bit of zhuzh here and there but not a complete remake or anything like that no, and then let's talk about the music video. Do we have to? <laughs> oh, my Christ God. Almighty. Jesus. I think this is the worst music video I've ever seen from a Eurovision song. Like, truly. Mm. Um, I know that they're... Even, like, even if they're just going for like, oh, we're all the same and we all wear a mask. Oh, my God. What was with it? Like, A, those kind of like masky balaclavas, again, questionable choice in Ireland, is just a bit... They're not even well made. No, they they look, look odd, mm. and uh, they have it on for the same time. So the one good thing I thought went for this group is that they had a little bit of charisma. I like connecting with them. They look they look good, particularly the front guy. And so I think you're taking away one of your best assets. And in a semi final, if you can have anyone connect with you over the next couple of months in any way, shape, or form, you need this mm. so badly. That you've taken away probably your one biggest asset and hidden behind an awful, disgusting mask in black and white video that I, I don't even want to watch the whole thing. Hmm. I, I don't want to watch it again. I don't I've understand why they did it. <laughs> well, apparently the inspiration was we shouldn't be judged on physical appearance. So oh we, we were... Oh, you know. It's yeah, Eurovision, all right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, then go on, ra- go on radio then, mate. Don't, <laughs> don't go on Eurovision. Um, but then again, you're right. There was no reveal. I needed to get some, like, who are you? I want to see you. And then they just continued on with this thing. And if we are one and that's a message you want to sell, dress cohesively. There's, <laughs> there's your first thing. Put whacking on a, you know, yeah. glittery balaclava is no helping. Um, yeah, it's just really odd. Some very, very odd choice with that video. As I say, don't mind the music revamp. That video needs to go. And I want the boys to do well. And I yeah. want Ireland to do well. It's not against them. It's just a very... Just not a good choice. And if that was their idea, someone should have been advising them better. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about some of the others. Albania, da. we finally got a recorded uh, version out of them. What did you think of that one? Yeah, there's not like a huge difference here. Mm. There's some nice little bits that they put in with it. And I don't want them to change it very much because I think what they've got going for is this amazing, authentic, you know, Balkan whaley ballad. And that's good. And the music video really hits that message home, I think, about the connection of family. So I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I was fine with it. I didn't want them to do too much i think it's going to come across better live on the stage than we're going to see you know in a studio version it certainly worked better at fic i thought than what i felt out of that video for example i thought the mix of vocal was a bit off in the studio whereas i thought it came across quite well in fic so yeah not a massive change there for albania but i don't think it matters too much yep everyone can keep sleeping all good wait to liverpool <laughs> all right ukraine uh was one of the revamps we got uh i have to say this one leapt up in the odds after it came out which was interesting i'm going to start on this one dale i thought it was a real positive revamp they really added some drama in places they needed to because, once again, it was probably a song that 
did sort of, you know, plot along and plateau at a certain stage. So I thought they'd given it a bit more oomph and, hey, that's going to work in Ukraine's favour. Exactly. They're building this up for the live performance. I think as a studio, it's absolutely fine as it stands right now, but that will just be flatline and almost pass you by at Liverpool. So adding some drama in, particularly towards the end there, I think it just gives it something to work with. And yeah, like I think I'll prefer probably to listen to the previous studio, but this is the right choice for the Eurovision performance. Yep, I will agree with that one. Now, Malta released their music video, which was, I think, fairly similar to what was happening in Mesk. So I don't think we need to worry about that one too much. Probably just a bit more instrumental chucked in there. Uh, and who was the other one? Was there one another one? I don't know. There were so many revamps this I week. Know. Well, it couldn't have been that good because we can't even remember it. So <laughs> exactly. And look, we'll, we will be having now. We have all. Well, we will have all the songs most likely by next week. And so what we do at this point is the Aussie Vision team. We rank them all individually. You rank yours. I rank mine. And we do little ten minute, ten to fifteen minute episodes on every single song where we'll go through the positives and the drawbacks and reveal our rankings and how we think it'll go. Absolutely. Also get a few team members involved there with their comments and uh, always interesting to hear what the team have got to say on all the entries. So really good period of the contest coming up for us. A lot of content about to come out as well. Exactly. And look, thank you so much for coming along with the national final ride of season 2023. It's been a big one as always. And, you know, we've loved doing it for this year. Yeah, absolutely. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for coming along on the ride. So no week ahead other than the fact that we will just mention the songs that we're still waiting for to complete the lineup. Yep, that's correct. We're still waiting on Armenia, which I believe will be coming out this week on the 15th. Then we have Azerbaijan, Georgia and Greece still to come. So is Greece coming? I'm not really sure. We'll see on the uh, depending on the judge's decision. No, it's okay. I think her th- case got thrown out, the oh. other, so it's okay. But I think they've been kind of delaying it because there was been some court cases and also because of the unfortunate train tragedy mm, they didn't yes. obviously want to go hey here's some fun eurovision song so and then azerbaijan and georgia are always late so whatever yeah <laughs> but again that will complete our lineup and then from there we'll start on our review and ranks exactly obviously there were tickets and lots of other things during the yes. week but we're out of time thanks so much for coming along this episode and i need some sleep <laughs> <laughs> well done and thanks so much for joining us see you later As always, thanks for joining us and thank you for your support. You can follow us on our social media channels at AussieVisionNet. And if you want to support the work that we and 20 Aussie Vision volunteers do and get some really good bonus content, then you can subscribe to our Patreon. The link is in the show notes. Thanks very much. Catch you later.